my drum roll. Blah, 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 did you make it? Alrighty, Fivers. Welcome back to something a little bit different than a normal episode. We're still in the writer's room. Don't freak out. You're still with your host, me, Q. And me, Jay. And this one is only different in the sense that it is a mini episode. Now, Q, mini episode? What's what? a mini episode? I was, I was hoping you'd ask. A mini episode is... Well, an episode that's mini. I like it's, it. It's one that's shorter than a normal episode. So when we normally ramble on for about two hours, this one usually clocks in about 30, 45 minutes. So hang tight. This is just a little bit longer than an episode of Friends. Ooh, that makes everyone excited. Or it's like watching two really great episodes of Friends back to back. That's probably a more accurate analogy, honestly, because we normally hit around 42 to 45 minutes, which is those two without commercials. You get it. You see where I'm going with this. Everybody knows what's up. So here's the deal. Instead of a normal top five list like the rest of our episodes, this is what we consider the, and I'm doing air quotes for the podcast, other stuff too. Now, what does that mean? In our title, High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Well, this is that. It's not a list. It's this, other stuff too. This is just where we take a topic that we care about in the movie industry, or film, or TV, or cinema, <laughs> and we discuss it. Or books, length. or music, or pop culture, or video reels. Yes. Or talkies, or, as they call Or theater viewings. Or braille. Or <laughs> movies. Damn it, I couldn't think of one. Zoetropes. Ah, <laughs> damn it. Or phonographs. Exactly. And we talk about it at length. And by length, we mean mini episode. 45 minute length. Tops. So you got it. You're on board. So Q, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about something that is very important, especially considering the day this episode comes out. We're talking shared universes. Ooh. So are you ready to other stuff too? I'm ready to other stuff too. Let's other stuff too. Ooh. Moody and stuff. stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxi stuff. Evil stuff. Piggling little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand. Sometimes you just have to burp. You know, I don't care if we're recording. You gotta burp sometimes. Well, we are. You can edit all my burps out, but I, but I don't wanna. Okay. And actually, I didn't record any burps. Oh, it's good. Just I just recorded a very intense conversation about you convincing me that it's okay to burp whether we're recording. Or have not. I told you about my burp shared universe? You haven't. It's like the burps and the farts all merging together. Ooh, what about a shark though? Sharks See, included? that's going to be a spinoff. Ooh, spinoff. That's going to be a spinoff, nice. yeah. Mainly because it has to spin in the dryer for a while. That's gross. Yeah. That's real gross, actually. All so, right. Shared universes. <laughs> off to a good shart. The, <laughs> <laughs> the end of the episode. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So, Q, I haven't seen you in like a week. What have you been up to? I know. Um, well, basically, I've been plotting a universal takeover i like it i like mm -hmm. it so for high five have you been pl okay let me clarify mm -hmm. have you been plotting a takeover of the universe a la the kree or the Krull, or have you been plotting a takeover of universal studios now that their guard is down and they're weak yes that second one yes great well, so no both oh, okay both okay. Awesome. so i'm planning a universal alien invasion style takeover gotcha. of the earth gotcha and and universe but also specifically going to put my capital city in place right. in Universal. 
I like that. I think that's that's fitting. That's apt, especially now that they have that dark universe building just completely unmanned. Did you read about this? Oh, I thought you were gonna say that because their dark universe world building is doing so well, <laughs> gangbusters even. <laughs> no, no, the mummy killed it. Yeah, fine Which again, is- again. If they killed the first time with Dracula Untold, they're like, why not? Fuck this. We need to reboot this again. And then they did the mummy, and they're like, nah, fuck this. Which is funny because it's the first movie in the dark universe. Right. Like they're like, yes, we're starting off strong, <laughs> and then they're like, ooh, shit, somebody who shit the bed. <laughs> It'd be like if Iron Man didn't do well, and that was the only Marvel movie that ever got made. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And they're just like, welp. The movie ends with with uh, Robert Downey Jr. going, I am Iron Man, and then Samuel L. Jackson being like, there's a bunch more movies to come, and then nothing. <laughs> and then they're just like. <laughs> and then end of series. So let's let's kind of delve into what exactly a shared universe is. Sure, sure. So I know there's probably people wondering, like, dark universe. What are you guys even talking about? I don't understand. What's a dark universe? You want me to start with that one and like I specifically did. talk sure. about this news story because this is recent news. Totally. So that's a perfect segue, and also explain kind of what Universal was trying to do. What a what a shared universe is. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll take this as the uh, pompity one. Um, so a shared universe is a series of movies that aren't technically sequels, but they all exist within the same city, the same space, the same characters, and they all kind of intermingle. It's a lot of it's based off of the, you know, the world of comic books. Sure. But even before that, you know, it came back with, you know, we, we've seen this in the past with things like Alien versus Predator and the Viewist universe. Mm. You know, that's why it's called the View Viewist universes. They all exist in the same realm. Sure. Um, the Dark Universe, which was such a stupid idea from the beginning. Dumb. So everybody knows that Universal, well, I hope everybody knows, that Universal owns the rights to the old classic, what are known as the Universal Monsters. Which right. are Dracula, the Invisible Man, the Mummy, the Wolfman, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Thing Hyde. Thing from the Black Lagoon. Thing from the Black Lagoon, and Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha. Those classic monsters. So what they wanted to do was reboot those movies in modern times or give them new beginnings and have them all relate. Ooh. So they tried this years ago. That sounds tricky. Oh, man. Well, it's been done fairly well by a couple. A couple studios. Not Universal. Um, They tried this a a, a handful of years ago with Dracula Untold. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah, totally. Awful that was movie. the shitty movie where it tried to make like Dracula like a sympathetic good guy. Yeah, this was back in the realm where they were trying to do like these gritty, realistic origin stories for all these heroes. Like King Arthur had one, you know, Dracula had one. There's a handful of them, but they were going to do origin stories for all of these Universal monsters. When Dracula Untold shit the bed, they they scrapped that whole idea. And you're like, you know, they you know what we need. We need star power. So we're like, we're going to line up Tom Cruise. Ooh, star power. Russell Crowe. Star power. uh, Angelina Jolie. Star-S power. And Johnny Depp. Star-ish power. (laughs) We're going to line these people up and we're going to do this dark universe. Don't forget Javier Bardem. Oh, that's right. Javier Bardem because he'd already done the Wolfman movie. No, that was Benicio Del Toro. Right. No, he was going to be the new Wolfman. He was going to be the new Wolfman. That's right. So they and if you if anyone who saw the mummy first I'm sorry 
Um, the movie was abysmal. Yo, for sure. Did you see it? Wait, the first Mummy movie? No, the the Tom Cruise Mummy movie. Oh, I watched it. Oh, it's a trash fire. I kind of watched it. I watched it while also wishing simultaneously that my eyes would explode. See, I watched it, but I was actually sticking a fork into my eye to make it stop. Gotcha. It Mm. didn't stop. It didn't. It just kept going. Um, Little little in fact, I had the remote next to me and could have stopped it and just didn't. Sure. But that's the one with Jake Johnson. Not yes. to be confused with Jack Johnson. No. Jay Johnson from New Girl and right. all the other things that you like. So he was basically playing the uh, <laughs> the friend from American Werewolf in London. He he was playing exactly the friend from American Werewolf in London with him being killed early on and being a ghost mentor through the rest. And kind of the comedic relief. Right. And then at the end, the, the oh, there's just there's so many things bad about that movie. But then at the end where they were just like, He's like, thanks for bringing me back to life, Tom Cruise. End of explanation. It was definitely off screen. This guy had been dead for, I am taking, the in movie time, weeks? If not, maybe a Gotta month or weeks. so. So his body is, who knows where, but fully decomposed. Yeah. And without explanation, he's just like you said, he's just like, hey, Thanks for bringing me back to life, however you did that, and we're not going to explain. End of shitty writing. Right. But also, the worst mistake. So, they set up the trailers that the mummy is, is um, oh man, that, I can't remember her name. I want to say- Alicia Vanker? No, it's no. like, bu- it's like, bu- um, fuck. I can't think of it. If you can think of it, let me know. But they set up the, the female mummy right. as- as kind of the protagonist of this movie. And you're like, oh, okay, that's the mummy. No, 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 no. The twist is, spoiler alert for anybody who gives a shit, which should be (laughs) none of you. Spoiler alert. The god set is controlling or is, you know, wielding power over this female mummy who his requirement for giving her the the curse of eternal life and blessing, however you want to look at it, is that he, he she needs to find him a host body that he can basically come into our world through. Tom, I hate this already. Tom Cruise is that person because, because he he's woke a perfect specimen, right? Perfect, <laughs> but they make sure to say that a couple times. Yeah, um, and he somehow gets. It happens. He gets inhabited by the god Set, mm-hmm. but is able to like fight him inside he's such his a body. Good person, because he's such a perfect specimen. But he does wrap himself in in mummy wrap at the end yes. for no discernible reason. You know what? I helped him. I think helped him fight it. Thetans. Yeah, it was totally alien. Do you think he went clear? Aliens versus mummy. Totally, one hundred percent. I'd watch. It. I'd watch that movie. So he like his face gets weird when he's when he's when set when his set powers get all demony, right? Which basically just means elongated teeth and his face goes all Buffy the Vampire right. Slayer. And which, by the way, the graphics for this eight million dollar movie or eighty million dollar movie were about that good. We're, we're like Buffy the Vampire. We're like Slayer. like yeah. something you'd see on TV in yeah. the early on. They were amazing, is what we're trying to say, <laughs> and. So then it's basically now the god set half inhabiting his body is kind of now just a superpower Shazam style that he can just like <laughs> suddenly change from Billy Batson into Shazam. <laughs> and when is con- when it's convenient. 
Right. Like bringing Jake Johnson back from the dead. And because he hulks out or shazams out into set, he has wrapped his hands and his face, because it goes all demon-y, in bandages. That big reveal is the mummy. Get it? Ah. Because he's in bandages, right? And that's what they're thinking. And I'm like, holy fuck. I have a feeling somebody literally sat in a boardroom and thought this was the best fucking idea ever. So many people thought this was the best idea. They're like, you know what people aren't going to expect? That the mummy is more metaphorical than actually being a mummy. And if I were in that boardroom, I'd be like, no, dumbass. It has to be a fucking mummy. If it's going to be if it's going to be called the mummy, he needs to be a mummy, not a metaphorical bandage, ace bandage wrapped from Tom Cruise. For all the things the Brendan Fraser version got wrong, they at least had a fucking mummy. <laughs> at least had a mummy. I was like, you killed your mummy in this movie like three quarters of the way through the movie. And the rest is just Tom Cruise in bandages, <laughs> which is appealing. Yeah. But not in this context. Yeah. So, you know, you know what would have been an impressive trick if Tom Cruise could have actually brought this fucking dark universe back to life <laughs> off screen? Zingery pow, <laughs> Unfortunately, man. he didn't. You know who else couldn't? Russell Crowe playing his dumbass Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, you mean, where- you mean Cockney accent yeah. gray Russell Crowe? <laughs> <laughs> That was the funniest thing is it just turned into an episode of My Fair Lady about halfway through where Russell Crowe was doing everything but singing <laughs> The Rain in Spain yeah. Falls Mainly he's on ba- the Plains. He's basically like, suddenly I think, Tom Cruise, that you <laughs> might actually end up being the mummy and me, I'm just more gray than before and scary. The rain in Spain falls mainly in the plains. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck, he's... Mr. Hyde right now. He's acting the shit Clearly. Out of this. You know what I would have liked? I would have been totally fine with. Did you ever see The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? That movie I did. that movie sucked. It did. For the most part. It 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 uh, stopped Sean Connery from having a career. Totally, which sucks. He retired after that because he's like, nah, never again. But their version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I really liked. I oh, liked yeah. their huge Hulk like like he got gigantic and he was all like deformed and misshapen yeah. and weird. I would have been totally on board. I even think that um, the way oh, what the Penny Dreadful handled it was way better. Oh, totally. Penny Dreadful is the Dark Universe. It is, totally. Like, they did it already. If you want to see the Dark Universe as it was intended, which is not this movie franchise because now it's dead. Right. It's gone. It's not happening. Angelina Jolie is dropped out it's of Bride and Frankenstein. Johnny Depp's not doing Invisible Man. They've emptied the building that they built for this dark universe that intro to the mummy that shows dark universe on the back of the planet never going to be seen again nope if you want to see it done right watch the three seasons that are available of penny dreadful because they actually do it the right way and it's pretty cool reinvent some of these characters and make them entertaining make them new make them fresh and make them work together in a way that's believable and it's got timothy dalton in it totally come on Exactly. So this is a good, and this episode isn't us just bashing the dark universe nope. because there's not much else to bash now. That that movie is it. It's one and done. One and done. It failed miserably. That's which, just again, an ex- I'm very happy. That's about. just an example of what can happen when you try to do a shared universe incorrectly. Right. And so that is an is a good example. Um, let's talk about some that kind of like middled. Right. So they didn't f- shit the bed full on. 
But they haven't reached what we will say is the pinnacle of shared universe dumb. And so and a perfect example of that one for me ties in perfectly for today, the day that this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. Is the DC shared universe right? Uh, the DCEU, as they call it, right. or is it yeah. extended universe? Yeah, DCEU. Right. Um, it they're well intentioned. I think they have an idea of what they want to do, which is they um, for them they want to create a shared universe because a they look at people like Marvel who's doing it, you know, gangbusters. Um, but it comes from a very that is a very comic book thing to do yeah comic books throughout the history of comic books are known for tying into each other i mean it's just a thing that is is common in that genre right. of of storytelling well and especially like with marvel well dc and marvel one of the things that they've done to their advantage is they've built you know, Marvel takes place in our quote unquote our world so spider-man is in new york city and right. et cetera et cetera well dc they have the same thing, but they're fake city. So, you know, there's there's Bloodhaven, there's Metropolis, Gotham. there's Gotham. And they all represent amalgamations of those cities. Sure. But, you know, Gotham has Batman and sometimes Nighthawk or right. Nightwing and, and some others. Whereas, um, <clears throat> oh, is it Central? Yeah, Central City has the Flash and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so they have these built-in places where realistically someone could travel back and forth and all of that. So it makes sense. And especially the success that Marvel has seen with it. I, it, it was inevitable that DC was coming down the pike for it. The problem that I think DC has, and we talked about this at length in our WTF DCEU episode a while back. Sure. So I don't want to rehash that whole conversation, but I think Marvel's approaching it from a way of how can we give these characters new life on screen through all these different directors and genres and avenues where DC is just like, how much money can we make off of this through fan service? Right. Because as you said, I believe I want to, excuse me, I want to believe that they're well-intentioned because, you know, Batman v Superman that's the question of the ages. Well, what would happen if Batman and Superman fought? So DC was like, well, let's put that on screen with some big name actors and give the people what they want, which is nice. But they put it back in Zack Snyder's sandbox, which was bad. Right. And so I feel like their their heart is sort of in the right place, but it may be focused too much on the money side of things, of how much can we make from this, as opposed to how can we honor these characters. Sure. And another, okay, another perfect example. So we'll kind of sidestep away from the DCEU for a quick second, and I'll bring up another one that is kind of part of the genesis of wanting to do this episode outside of the release date today was I watched a movie recently. I watched a horror movie called Annabelle Creation. All right, and they're doing something like that. They're doing they? a shared universe. It's kind of well, like it's the bloom. It's like the Bloomverse. Yeah. Or it. So here's how it works. So basically, you had uh, James Wan directed mm-hmm. in the Insidious movies, mm-hmm. um, and then he directed The Conjuring, right? Which was a huge smash hit. It was. So from that movie, there was a very small character in the movie, a small thing that was referenced in in this doll called Annabelle and it was referenced briefly in the movie. It was just kind of a throwaway thing. It was just to add a fleshed out feel to right. this story that more hauntings existed other than just this. Right. 
Well, they were they were famous ghost hunters or um, quote unquote the, con men. The Warrens. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Totally debunked con men. One hundred percent. Everybody. Um. But they they had they used to have in their house this room, this room that was filled with relics from all of the houses that they helped save or mm-hmm. places, and one of which was this Annabelle doll. Um, so I don't think when this movie came out, they had any intention of doing a spinoff. I don't, probably not. The movie was very successful. They made a lot of money. And as per usual, when studios see that off of what I imagine was a relatively lower budget film. It's Blumhouse, wasn't it? Yeah. They all have low budget. Like that's their whole micro budget modus, modus operandi. I don't think they spend more than 5 million on any movie. Right. And so when the when they when this happens, they're like, "Oh shit. Like this is a big hit. People want this. How can we get more money out of this?" So, they were like, "Okay, we're going to start production on The Conjuring 2. We're right. obviously going to do a sequel to this." Oh, obviously. But how can we like that's not enough. So what else can we do? And they're like, "Hey, let's do the whole Annabelle story," mm-hmm. right? So they pull the Annabelle character and it gets its own movie, Annabelle. Which is kind of like a prequel to the character's existence in Conjuring. Yes, it gives it gives Kind of a prequel to the doll, but it's not like the history of the doll. It's just no, kind of like another its thing. Previous owner, right? Um, and it is almost unwatchable. It's, yes, it's terrible. And what's weird about it is that it's basically a prequel to the opening stinger of the Conjuring, because the Conjuring exactly. is Annabelle terrorizing sorority students right. in, a, in an apartment. Turns out that that's the apartment from Annabelle. And it goes back to say how that doll got in that apartment to terrorize the sorority right. girls where the Warrens then They're like, it up. let's give you the prequel to how that happened. Yeah. Which turns out nobody gives a fuck <laughs> because it's terrible. And it they're like, hey, matter. nobody gave a fuck about this. Let's make a prequel to that. Right. So then, but and that's that's where I'm going. So in that meantime, the Annabelle came out. They, I'm sure it made some money because it's a jump scare movie. It came out with the micro budget from Bloomhouse. It made some money. And in the meantime, Conjuring 2 came out. Right. Now, Conjuring 2 didn't revisit Annabelle, but instead introduced a new character. Because it was in London. Right. Right. It introduced a nun. nun. Now, the nun really had nothing to do with the story that was going on. It was another kind of Annabelle-ish type character mm-hmm. where this house is being haunted and it ended up being like this like weird old man ghost thing. Right, from a part a couple of apartments. Spoiler alert, from a couple of apartments above them right. or whatever. He died. The breathing and, man or right. something they called it. Um so but this nun also kind of terrorized them. Which by the way, they totally stole from Insidious, because that's what Insidious does is it opens up that dark realm and there's totally. just a bunch of shit in there. Exactly. And a bunch of shit is terrorizing. Exactly. Them. So then they were like, oh shit. Okay, we got another one. So the nun and Annabelle are now side characters to this universe. So then they're like, okay. Has the nun come out yet? Nope. It okay. is in production. That's what I thought. So Here's here's where it ties in. Annabelle, they're like, let's do a prequel and show how the doll was created. That's where creation okay? is. That's where Annabelle creation, which is which I what I watched over the weekend, came into play. Now, in that movie, it is also it's not as unwatchable, but it's ridiculous. So the concept is this. Okay. There's a doll maker. This, by the way. There's a doll maker in the 50s 
Sure. Who, sure, ish, 50s-ish time period uh, in Iowa that makes dolls. His daughter, this is where it gets confusing. Daughter. I need to open my beer for this. Okay. Daughter gets hit by a car, dies. Spoiler alert, damn. No, that's fine. I don't give a shit. Nobody cares. (laughs) Daughter gets hit by a car, dies. Parents contact the spirit realm through prayer to whatever God necessary is what it says. First mistake. You got to say a benevolent guy. Right. You got to because you're going to get some weird, right. some weird. They said people. they would like to be in contact with their daughter again. Well, daughter goes start shows starts showing up in the house. Probably then, not her. Right. Then asks permission to move into the doll. Turns out. Not uh, the daughter. A it's a demon. It's a demon the whole time. As we've said before, surprise, demon. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now there's a demon living in this doll. Okay? Okay. Fast forward 12 years. For some reason, the Catholic Church has decided to take a group of orphan girls and a nun and let them come live at this house where this people's daughter died. Smart. And they're Smart. still there. So I'm really not quite sure. I still am not sure what the point of that was. Was the doll maker's name Roy Moore? Is he running no, for governor no, in Alabama? No, no, oh, no. Okay. Um, so they come live at the house. The doll has been locked away by the Catholic Church in a room still in the house covered with Bible verses. Of course. Right? How else that's are you going to do. How else are you going to fight a surprise demon? Right. But then it's a great idea to also let a bunch of random orphan girls come live at that same house. I don't know if they know this. Girls love dolls. Right. Exactly. Spoiler alert. Doll gets found. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. All hell breaks loose. Pun totally intended. (laughs) Then here's the tie-in. One of the nuns is looking at a picture of a convent in Spain that she was in prior to working at this orphanage. Right. She shows it to the father, who's super creepy, and is um, Andy Garcia, by the way. Really? Yeah. Okay. Andy Garcia in his oldest, creepiest, most unfortunate role. <laughs> uh, they, they, is it Andy Garcia? No, it's not Andy Garcia. It's the, who's I, the, I haven't seen it. Who's the know. dude from, uh, who's the dude from Empire Records? Oh, shit. Um, you know who I'm talking uh, about? The, the, like, store owner. Is it LaPaglia? Anthony LaPaglia. Yeah, Anthony LaPaglia. Yeah. That's it. Yes. It's <laughs> him. I didn't think Andy Garcia was in Animal no, Creation. It's him. He's in Oceans 13. Yes, correct. Um, and some other things you may have heard of. So they're looking at this picture, and she's showing it to the to him, right? And he goes, she was like, these are the sisters that I helped in this convent. This is blah, blah, blah. This is blah, blah, blah. And this one is blah, blah, blah. This one is and there's three. Sister Satan. There's three in her. And he goes, yeah, but. Who's that one? And points at a at someone who's not there. Oh. Right? But then the camera shifts and it's the fucking nun from Conjuring 2 because he can see her because, because he can. Because he can. And Yay! that's the tie-in. And they're like, the nun coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> and that's what it says that on the screen. Yeah. It's like so, a pop-up music video. 100%. It's like that little cartoon pops up. It's like, bloop, did you know? The nuns this is going to be coming. <laughs> so that's how they made it qu- a quote-unquote shared universe? Yeah. Come on. The nun was house. like, hey, I worked at this this nunnery in Spain. Here's the creepy nun that you saw in The Conjuring 2. 
We're going to connect them. We'll tell you how in the next movie. Got to watch The Nun to find out. I'm going to put money down on this. Okay, when The Nun comes out, we're going to find out at the end of The Nun that it was The Nun's idea for The Purge. (laughs) It's just going to be the Bloomiverse, and they're just going to like make all of their movies connect. And then we're going to find out that, that it is also run by... Uh, white people who are trying to take over black people's bodies. Exactly, exactly. Well, and and what's weird about it is that you find out in The Nun Part 3 that Ethan Hawke from The Purge Uh is the same Ethan Hawke from... Shit, what was that other movie? What that movie he was in? (laughs) I have no idea. Oh, it was a Blumhouse movie about, like, the videotapes that were haunted. Then there was, like, two of those. Oh, Oh, crap. Uh, Sinister. Sinister. Oh, not videotapes. Reels, man. Reels, okay. Those were that first one was pretty fucking good. It was the second one, not so much. Not the so second much. one is videotapes. Yeah, though. it is first VHS. one, good. Yeah, first one, good. So it's the same Ethan Hawke. He's the Got same it. character. His whole family dies. He gets remarried and moves into the Purge. Got it. And that's how they all connect. Noted, but they can't because he dies at the end of the first one. Hey, spoiler alert! <laughs> Sorry, we're just spoiling <laughs> it all up in this piece. We uh, Blumhouse is very mad at us. You're right gonna now. have to put that in the liner notes for the episode. <laughs> Spoilers. There is a bound. Like, do not go for any movie. <laughs> like, we can't. There's so many we can't even list all the movies that we spoil. In That's this. gonna be the title of the episode: is shared universes, comma spoiler Spoilers alert. abound. Yeah. Spoilers abound. Spoiler universe. Um. Okay, so those are two examples of kind of middling universes where they're trying. It's not terrible. I kind of get it, but it's also not good. It's like, right. all right, that's fine. You're reaching. It's a reach. So let's talk about some very successful uh, shared universes. Well, I mean, the high watermark here is Marvel. Marvel Universe. MCU. It just, it just is. They have done it what I would consider the right way. Now, that's not to say that every movie in the Marvel um, collection, Uvra. <laughs> Is great. No, definitely not. Some we're looking are. at you, Thor two, the Dark World, <laughs> which, but apparently Thor three is awesome, a redeeming. I cannot wait to see it. It's a redeeming. Flick. Um, so have you seen it? No. Okay, I cannot wait to see it. So I've heard it's it's fantastic. Same. Why hasn't Disney and Marvel sent us passes to these movies? Probably because we spoil all the movies on the podcast that we hey, talk about. Hold on, I'm gonna speak directly to Disney and Marvel executives for a quick second. Hey guys, it's Q. You know me. Co-host of High Five Podcast. Listen up, Dismal. Dismal. <laughs> we love you. We love your movies. We're right now giving you guys a super good plug on our episode about shared universes and doing it right. So, hey, why don't you throw some passes to some of your movies our way? Let us review them. It'll probably be good. <laughs> we can't guarantee it. But we but guarantee probably it. guarantee it. All right. All right. In disclaimer. Thank you, Disney Marvel. <laughs> Back to the back to the conversation. Yes. So, why do you think Marvel? What have what have they figured out that like DCEU is fumbling with? Uh, even though Wonder Woman is great, let me put that out there. Wonder Woman is awesome. Totally, Wonder Woman um, is great. Man of Steel is okay. Batman v Superman nearly unwatchable. Let me let me posit something here that I think Marvel did right from the get go. Suicide Squad. Marvel, I feel set out to make a movie. They set out to make the Iron Man movie. They made Iron Man. Right. And it was successful. Right. And they were like, wow, okay, people like it. They put in a stinger that could be like a fun, wink, 
fan service nod. Well, that's what they did, I think, really well with Iron Man is that they hid. And that's what they do really well is they hide Easter eggs that aren't indicative of anything else. Like, whereas DC, everything that you see that's like, oh, well, that relates to X, Y, and Z. Guess what? That's super important for no reason. But see... Iron Man could have ended, and they could have never made any more movies, mm-hmm. and it still would have been a cool little nod of Nick Fury showing up and being like, "Hey, yeah, like, I'm putting oh, a team the, together." The Avengers, and you're like, "Oh, cool. We'll never see that. We'll never see that movie." But yeah, yeah that's great. That's cool. Um, and so it was successful. Then they did the Hulk with mm-hmm. Ed Norton. Not as successful. Not as successful. Good Still movie. Still good, though. I enjoyed it. I really I, like Edward Norton. I really have nothing Hulk. against that movie. I think it's pretty well done. But I think that Marvel then went, okay, well, let's do Iron Man again. Yeah. People like that. So they Free did Favreau Iron Man back. Too. Let's bring RDJ right. back. And I think their, their kind of um, gift to the cinematic universe thing is I don't think they set out. Mm-hmm. To start a cinematic universe. I don't think so either. They initially led with, let's make a successful movie. Let's try and get some clout into some of these B, B-level mm-hmm. comic book characters at the time. Right. And let's just see what happens. They were successful. And then they're like, okay, well, how can we expand upon that? So it was kind of the reverse. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, how can we give them more, but also keep our characters that right. we're like using? And so... Then when they, uh, so it went Iron Man, the Hulk, Iron Man 2, and then Thor or Captain America came next? I think Thor came next, then Captain America. Um, But they started to realize, hey, we have these characters. We can like play them in the same universe. But the movies still didn't connect with each other. Right. Like really. It was just winks and nods. Right. Thor really was its own thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly is one is still one of my least favorite outside of Thor 2 of the entire Marvel Cinematic right. Universe. But it definitely stood on its own. It didn't rely on any of the known characters that right. already existed. Well, and what I'll say, let me let me give you a defense of Thor really quick because okay. I don't disagree with you. I do think it's one of the weakest installments, but I think where they went wrong with that first Thor one is Chris Hemsworth is great in the role. Oh, he's perfect. He's perfect for it. I even like um, Anthony Hopkins as as his Zeus. dad. As not Zeus. Um, Odin. Odin. Thank you. Um, and I love Loki. You know, I <clears throat> I think they kind of nailed it when they did the production and casting. Totally. It just the story didn't really work. They didn't understand what story they were trying to tell as opposed to just let's introduce Thor who not a lot of people are familiar with. Sure. And they changed his backstory a lot because he's not, you know, a doctor who can, who's crippled, who's crippled and can change form. He was actually a God from another planet, which again, fine. It, it should live in the MCU as it should live in the MCU. But I don't really, I think that was where they were starting to realize, man, we can fumble around with these characters and they fumbled a bit too much with it. So sure. I, I don't think it's bad. There are so many good pieces in it, but it just didn't work as a collective, as a whole. Sure. And so then uh, we move into stuff like Captain America. Captain mm-hmm. America, totally different movie. Period piece. This is where, and this is, uh, let me add a thought here, because this is what I think Marvel does right when it comes to the cinematic universe, is Marvel sets out to make good movies first. Mm-hmm. And then connect them to the universe second. Exactly. Whereas I think DC is doing it the opposite way. I mean, when you watch Batman v Superman, 
literally 45 minutes of that movie is just set up for the Justice League. Oh, for sure. It's it's horrendous to watch because everything is like, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. This is going to be important later. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Let's, Luther has his graphic design department come up with all the superhero monikers. Exactly. And so they're placing all the stuff purposely to create sequels as opposed to focus on the movie they're trying to tell. Now, I can argue that Marvel has started to fall into that crutch in some of their later movies, but I feel like they're pulling away from it because what Marvel has done, and I think we've talked about this before, but I don't know at how what depth, is that Marvel is almost making genre movies. Totally. As opposed to comic book movies. So you have something like Captain America, the first first soldier, first Avenger. First Avenger. And it's a period piece. Right. You have Ant-Man that's a heist movie. Totally. You have Thor, uh, Thor Ragnarok, which, as I hear it, is a straight-up straight comedy. comedy. And then you have you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a space opera. And they pull in different directors with the right voices and sentimentalities to, to match tell that, that story. Right. Um, which I still think Ant-Man would have been so much better had Edgar, with Edgar Wright, Wright had he finished it. Oh, man. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I think that's what they do extremely well is they set out to make good movies with great directorial voices. Sure. And then connect them in in subtle ways. As a, I mean, outside of Avengers, which is a very on-the-nose way to in- totally. integrate them. And so they've continued that formula. Yeah. So so we've covered several three major different types of you know shared cinematic universes. We've covered the failures, we've covered the meh, we've covered the excellent. Right. So one other one that I'd kind of like to round out our show with well, there's today a couple we can talk about still is ancillary mm-hmm. shared universes. So okay. shared Explain. universes that are not overtly shared universes shared universes that are winkingly shared universes with no intention of ever being like let's have an avenger style mashup where they all all the characters interact okay i'm gonna need you to give me some examples because nowadays everything is going the overt sure like we've got godzilla versus uh king kong coming out sure which is a monster verse is what they're calling it sure which is okay yeah uh Tarantino verse would fall into this. Okay. So Tarantino verse has nods. Yeah. To other characters, movies. Well, like one character may be the cousin of another character. They don't directly reference each other. Or big kahuna burger may exist in multiple. So those are, those are cute little winking. I gotcha. And uh, view a a skewniverse is another perfect example. Like like the nail cigarettes and... Movies. Yeah, movies is Uh, a great one. The only tying kind of force through all those movies would be your Jay and Silent Bob characters. Those are really the only omnipresent characters that kind of move throughout the universe. And apparently they're getting a sequel. They are. Jay and and Silent Bob Reboot is, I think, what it's called. Um, But so I would consider those to be like ancillary Shared universes. They're shared universes that don't really matter that the fact that they're shared universes other than to be like, hey, it's kind of cool it exists in the same universe. Well, and those to me are almost the godfathers of the shared universes we get today because they weren't trying to do that. It was just like, oh, they're all written by the same people. Kind of funny nods back and forth. Like, totally. View a universe isn't setting out to create that universe. It just sort of is that universe. Sure. Um, same thing with Quentin Tarantino. It's 
Quentin Tarantino loves references. He hides references all through every single one of his movies, whether it's the inspiration for, you know, the blue jumpsuit that uh, in Django Unchained. Right. You know, all those sorts of things. The musical cues that he uses, the cinematic shots that he takes. He loves to reference things. So why wouldn't he reference himself? Because I imagine he has a a good size ego about it because he's so effing good. Sure. And so that's kind of what I feel is an often looked overlooked shared style of shared universe right. is because everything, like you said, everything today is so in your face it and is. just like, Oh yeah. And these characters will interact with these characters. And then with the bloom averse, we're going to have this, like we're going to have the, the nun and the conjuring and insidious and Annabelle. We're going to have a mashup movie where they're all just attacking people and it's going to be awesome. Demon force and surprise just, demon force. And it's just kind of like, man. Yeah. I wish you're, you're trying too hard. Right. That's what I, it is. They're trying too hard. I wish that so many more took that naturalistic approach of like, hey, mm. this is kind of cool. And it makes sense for this to exist in this mm-hmm. universe. And it's fine. Like the Viewers universe, like the Tarantino universe. Then you also have like hard forced together mashups. And I think King Kong and um, Godzilla is a perfect example. Uh, that would also fall in line with Alien vs. Predator. Uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason. So those are your forced shared universes those are ones that the fans were like i want to see what would happen if this person fought this person and i'm gonna go ahead and say that i don't i don't categorize those as shared universes like freddy versus jason there's nothing anywhere in any movie that makes me think they take place in the same world sure except for that one freddy versus jason movie which isn't good right so that for me is I, I I can't consider those shared universes just because they haven't done the work. You know, like same thing with like Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Sure. It's just big scary mo- like big scary animals. It, it's the they same, don't exist. It's the same thing with together. Godzilla and yeah. King Kong. Is they were literally like, Well, these are two big things. We should make them fight. They literally Ooh. came from different continents. Yeah. Like Godzilla's from Japan. Like it was yeah. a story founded in Japan. King Kong is very American. Right. So although that new uh, Tom Hiddleston movie takes place in Vietnam, right. Cuba. But I just meant like the stories originated right. in two different countries. So there's no way that Japan was planning from the beginning. Like, oh, you know, I hope America makes a giant monster movie as well. And one day we can yeah. marry these two ideas together. Well, Japan had a different idea because Godzilla has its own shared universe within Japan. So you have Godzilla and the turtle and they all fight each other and Mothra Mothra and and all of that, like Rodan and, you know, Mechagodzilla. Yeah. So they have their own, they actually do have a shared universe that's connected with the through line of Godzilla. Sure. Um, It's, there's not like subtle winks to each movie and in all the others, but at least they exist in a realm where the sequels makes sense to a degree. Right. I'm not going to carry that too far because they don't really make sense. But, you know, and that really, even that one to me dances on a fine line between is this, you know, is this a shared universe or are these just sequels? I mean, the James, you could say the same thing about James Bond. Is it a shared universe or is it just a bunch of movies starring the same character? I can make the argument either way. I kind of fall onto the side of the original Godzillas, you know, from the 50s aren't a shared universe. They're just sequels with the same protagonist. Right. And that protagonist happens to be a gigantic lizard. Um, so, 
yeah, you know, it, there there definitely was an evolution. There definitely are writers that purposefully wink at other their movies to create. Hey, all this is taking place on the same continent to a degree. Um, but now, like you said, nowadays it's just so overt. It's on the nose. People are almost forcing these universes to exist, which brings me to a question for you. Sure. Is we have a couple on the way. Yeah. You know, like Hasbro is starting to talk about making a universe between like Transformers and I don't think Battleship was in there, but Battleship should have been a, a Transformers side movie, by the way. No. Ro- robots from space? No. Come on. I fucking hate both of those franchises. Th- well, they're terrible. I'm not saying it would have been good. I'm just saying it should have been because no. Hasbro owns <laughs> I'm both. I'm not going to encourage that. And then the Monopoly board came out of the sky. And Mr. They're, making Monopoly. A, they're making a Monopoly movie. I don't movie. care. I'm out of it. I, again, it's a Hasbro universe. <laughs> so you want to know my opinion on that? Garbage. <laughs> Nintendo's coming out with one. I'm fine with that. I mean, not Nintendo. Nickelodeon. Uh, uh, what do you mean? Nickelodeon's coming out with like a shared universe. Like They're going to have a Nicktoons movie where all the Nicktoons are together. Oh, I'm totally fine with that. And they're going to like spin some of those off. Sure, and, that shit's weird anyway. So et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm into it. So that that's going to be interesting to see. Um, and then the other one, man, there was one more that I was thinking of. Oh, the uh, the weird Twenty One Jump Street Men in Black. I don't know that that's happening. Co op movie? No, I think it dropped off completely. But they were going to do that. <laughs> I honestly would have been fine with that too. I'd have been fine with that. Okay, I'm but, curious. So th- I mean, basically, my question was, what are your thoughts on the Nickelodeon verse, and then that uh, short lived MIB plus Twenty One Jump Street. I'm for it, man. Like, I totally support the idea. I think a Nicktoons, Nicktoons are rife for that kind of treatment. I mean, the, the cartoons are weird. They work in uh, universes that are already kind of wacky with weird right. constraints and rules. So I think they could totally tie into each other, and why not? My question is, how are all the Nicktoons going to exist in a movie that's not super meta? It'll be super It meta. has to be super meta, right? Like the Lego movies. You know, yeah. It has to be It'll super It'll be aware meta. that they are cartoon characters existing. They are Nicktoons existing right. in a Nicktoon universe. I'm going to make a prediction that it's it takes place in the Nickelodeon studios and they come to life there. I'd be totally into it. So I that's my guess for will, where that's going. I will watch that movie. Speaking of Nickelodeon, they've got an Are You Afraid of the Dark movie coming out. We share, we share that on our Facebook super page. Super into that. Do you know anything about it? Because I know that the guy who wrote It is right. <laughs> right. So we'll see. He also wrote Annabelle, Annabelle Creation. Creation. So, you know, hit and miss. Ooh, we'll <laughs> so see. He's batting 50. He knows I guess. something about shared universes. I'll tell you he, that. He does. It and uh, Annabelle Creation, totally related. Tie in. And so Stranger Things. We'll see how that goes. My big question for Are You Afraid of the Dark is the show is an anthology series. So what's are they expecting multiple movies with the framing device of the kids around the campfire? Or are they just going to have that weird framing device on one movie, intro it around a campfire, creepy story for 90 minutes, and then outro it at the campfire? Like, I, how is that a movie? I did say that it's going to focus on the darker tones of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So, I, mean, I don't know. I think they might do a, a, a anthology movie like the... Like the Twilight Zone movie. Or like VHS or something. several stories bookended by the campfire. I could totally be on board for that. I totally would as well. So, we'll see. I don't know. So, what other shared universe topics are out there? Have we kind of extinguished I think we got them, man. I think we're covered. Okay. Well, I mean, if you've been listening, if you've made it this far... You know what shared universes have we missed? Did we were we too hard on any of them? Did you did you like the Mummy? Yeah. Um, if you did, stop listening. We uh, don't want you as a fan. <laughs> we don't need you. 
because uh, that that you movie have terrible was, taste. Oh, so so bad. The movie was so bad. Oh. Anyway, but yeah, reach out to us. I mean, you know, you guys know how to get us, but we'll tell you again for the dum dums out there, the ones who watch the Mummy. Right. Uh, you can reach out to us on Facebook uh, at Facebook, and then we're at High Five the Podcast. Uh-huh. On Twitter, it's at, this, at symbol High, and then the number five the podcast because we couldn't have that many characters. Right. And then uh, you can also reach out to us on our website at highfivethepodcast.com, all letters, no numbers. And then uh, if you have an idea for an episode or you just want to con- contradict our, our ideas. I thought or- you were going to say conjure an idea. <laughs> now, okay, if you're going to conjure an idea towards us, you can email us at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. Once again, all letters, no numbers. And we very much encourage, we love it when we get your lists that correspond with episodes that we totally. do or your thoughts on these other stuff too. So keep sending us those emails. Um, you know, give us a give us a, a good rating on uh, a- iTunes. Apple Tunes or iTunes. Yep. Um, uh, on Google Stitcher. Play Music. Anywhere you can rate us, do it. Give us five stars. Leave us some Come comments. On. What's it gonna hurt? Give us some positive love. Come on. We give you a show. We give you a new show every week. All we ask for is a little love. Check us out on Letterbox. Yeah, we we're actually posting movie reviews. We're keeping a diary of the movies that we're watching, and then every every list episode that we do. I release a corresponding list on that on Letterboxd. And I absolutely guarantee you, you will not regret following our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Always updated with cool, fun information outside of our show. Cool news articles that we find regarding movies and television and pop oh, culture in general. A lot of them turn out to be inspirations for the list episodes that we do or these other stuff too. So if you see cool stories that we haven't talked about, send them our way through any of these channels so we can put them out there for people. Listen, guys. We're just a couple of high five guys trying to reach out to all of the high five fivers out there and, and you're create just, a shared universe. And you're just fivers trying to get a nut. That's it. <laughs> so and we're here to help you. We're here to jerk you off with our We're gonna high we're, fives. we're here to give you the nut. Yep. You got so, it. High five the podcast giving you the nut since nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Don't fact check us on that.